Hi, this is Patty Lapone. This is Allison Janney. This is Matt Balmer. This is Donna Murphy. This is Nia Vardalis. This is Jesse Tyler Ferguson. This is Beanie Feldstein. I'm Octavia Spencer. This is Ben Platt, and you're listening to Little Known Facts with my favorite person on the planet, Alana Levine. A-OK. Welcome to Little Known Facts, a podcast where you will hear unfiltered, raw, honest, and uniquely funny interviews with artists you love as they talk about the art they love to make. I'm your host, Ilana Levine. Hey, I heard you needed inspiration. He's Ilana and friends with some revelations. Little known back to the day, every little thing's gonna be A-OK. Little known fact about my guest today, she made her Broadway debut in Groundhog Day. She currently stars on Broadway in Six. She is one of the most in-demand, prolific, versatile, singular talents working on Broadway today. Welcome Taylor Iman Jones to the podcast. A-OK. Everybody, my guest today is Taylor Iman Jones. Taylor currently stars in Six on Broadway and recently played Andy in the new musical The Devil Wears Prada in Chicago. Some other Broadway credits include the original cast of Head Over Heels and Groundhog Day. Taylor also starred in Scotland, PA, Tale of Despero, The Who's Tommy at the Kennedy Center, and Hamilton, an American Idiot on tour. I am so thrilled. Oh, by the way, she also records and puts out original glorious music that you can find anywhere your ears listen to glorious, beautiful music. I am so excited you're here. Hello, Taylor. Hello, hello. How are you today? I'm great. You know, it's it's kind of beautiful outside, so I'm really happy about that. Yeah. Now, I know you live in New York now because you've done one million Broadway shows and (laughs) are currently in six. I wonder, I mean, I love that show so much. I've been so fortunate to see it more than once. I'm wondering for like the five people who may not have had the chance to see six yet, can you just tell them what the show is about, who you play, why you're having the time of your life doing it? um, And let's just get into it. Yeah, um, six is awesome. So six is about Henry VIII's six wives. Um, You know, I think uh, historically that's how we just talk about them as the six wives, but this gives each of them the opportunity to tell their story from their perspective, but it's presented as if we're a girl pop group, um, you know, a la Little Mix or something like that. Uh, so we're, we got microphones in our hands. we got a rock band behind us who's on stage the whole time. Um, we're doing lots of choreography and fun banter between the songs. Um, I play Catherine Parr, who is his sixth and final wife. She survived him. So she saw him to the day that he died. Um, and yeah, that's that's the queen I play. I love her. She's strong. She's cool. She uh, was a publisher. So she actually was like one of the first women to ever be published and start that journey for the women who came after her. Um, so it's very cool to play someone like that. And I would love for my listeners to get to know a little bit about your journey, where it began, where your love of musical theater began. Was it always musical theater? Did you want to be a pop star like you're playing right now on Broadway? What was sort of the beginning of your artistic journey? Yeah, so 
Um, I think I have to first and foremost thank my mom who uh, was bringing me to musicals before I even registered, they were musicals, you know, like, so she always took me to Phantom of the Opera, like once a year, that's the one thing we did. And, you know, I'm from the Bay Area, so very close to San Francisco, where that's where all the touring companies were coming through. So we saw, you know, Wicked before it was on Broadway, but that's where I've seen the most professional musicals, um, especially growing up. And then um, again, when I was six, my grandma had a piano. So I got into piano pretty early. Um, I was playing piano all through elementary, middle school and high school, but I was also a band kid. So I was playing flute and marching band and, and concert band. Um, so I was definitely always involved in music. And then I think I was 11 where like a girl at my school knew I liked to sing. And I was also like on the dance team. Um, she invited me to do the local youth theater musical because she's like hey there's a place that you can do both and it's fun and I have fun um, and she was like my best friend at school so um, her name is Kylie <laughs> she invited me to that musical and so I I did one and really just never turned back so I did the youth theater that was around my school that like the community college was putting on right um, up until I graduated uh, that's how I got into theater and got interested in theater um, after I graduated high school, um, I went to a community, that community college for a couple of years just to get some general credits and I was planning on transferring and whatnot. But during that time, I joined the local regional community theaters as an adult now. And I started making my rounds and then I kind of realized like, oh, there's plenty of training to be had here. I'm also performing regularly you know, where I know some schools you like can't be in musicals or can't do a certain things. Right. So many rules. So many rules. And yeah. I'm, and I getting to play, luckily for me in the Bay Area has always been a really inclusive and open space as far as the theaters I was in. Um, so I got to play so many different types of roles in the Bay Area. You know, anything from like Anita and West Side Story to Mary Poppins to Dorothy and the Wiz. Like I just got to do a lot. And so I credit my time in these community and regional theaters for everything that I am. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. That's how I was able to be prepared in my journey for my move to New York and to Broadway. So can you talk about that? So you're doing like every dream role, right? Like you've just <laughs> mentioned all these parts that people aspire to do in their adult lives that you're doing already as a young person um, and and doors opening in ways that not everyone has those opportunities early on. So the move to New York or, or a career, a professional career in earnest, like what was the lucky thing that happened or the, the thing that opened that up to you? Yeah, I guess, you know, I think, I think it's Oprah's quote. I'm not gonna be good. Like luck is opportunity and preparation meeting at the right time. Right. So like, I was getting ready to move to New York. Um, at that time, you had to like collect equity points in order to get your equity card. Right. And I knew I wanted that before moving to New York. Um, but I wanted to be in the union. And so I had work, I was working my way collecting points through all the regional shows. Um, but also kind of in my last year in the Bay, I trained at ACT. Like I went full-time school. They had the semester long program that I joined because I knew I wanted to strengthen like my acting skills, my language skills. Um, in that program, you went and saw a ton of arts experience museums, 
symphonies shows. Um, and so that's how I did that. But then that next year, ACT opened a brand new theater space called The Strand, and they were doing a new musical in that space. I auditioned for it. I booked it, even though they were planning on hiring people out of New York. Um, but I think everything that I had been doing up until then made me ready for that opportunity. Right. While performing in San Francisco in that musical, one of my castmates managers came to see them and saw me in the show. Um, that show also gave me my equity card. So these managers were like, what is your plan? What is What, what are you working towards right now? And I was like, well, I'm trying to move to New York by this fall. Um, I needed a card, I got a card. So that's where I'm at now. I think I've kind of exhausted what I can do here in the Bay. Like I've already been <laughs> commuting everywhere at that point. Um, I was like, I can't drive any farther. Right. Um, it's time to move to New York. And so they're like, great. Um, I met up with them a few more times uh, and they ended up signing me. They found, they helped me find agents in New York. Um, so by the time I got to New York, I had people who could send me on auditions. And so I moved to New York in September of 2016. I started auditioning immediately. And by December, I had booked Groundhog Day and knew I'd start rehearsals in January. And so that part is like where I'm like, that's lucky. That doesn't happen to people. Right. But I had been performing professionally for seven years before that in the Bay. So I'm not like, it's just, you know, I always want to stress that with students. Like I didn't just pop into New York. Right. Did you come visit New York when you were growing up? Did you come see Broadway? What was the first Broadway show you ever saw? Mm -hmm. um, yes and no. So like the first time I ever came to New York was on an eighth grade field trip that they brought us. You know, it was more... We visited like New York and Pennsylvania and like the kind of this all, you know, where all the founding father museums. Right, right. Found. Um, the historical tour. Yeah, the historical tour. So that was the first time I came to New York. I already known about Broadway. I was already doing musicals. So I was like the most thing I was excited about was on that trip. We saw a production of Fiddler. And so um, that like, I think it was Harvey Firestein was. Oh my God, amazing. Yeah. And I knew who he was because of Hairspray. Cause I was right. like, Hairspray. so I was the only kid on that trip. Like <laughs> I had just done Fiddler and my youth theater like the year before. So I was so excited. And so that I was bet. my first, um, I think it was a Broadway show at the time. Um, but I remember yes, that. No, for sure. So that's the first time um, my mom brought me back when I was 16. Uh, me and my friends had found a training thing, which actually I know about it now with Broadway Artist Alliance. They do like a week long uh, musical theater, Broadway boot camp type thing for kids. And so we found it online and we had convinced our moms, like, please let us go do this thing and we can make it like, you know, a family trip. So it was three girls and our two moms. Uh, so that was the second time uh, for, I think through that program, at least at the time, I don't know if they do it anymore, but you can see shows and they usually give you an option. And our options were Drowsy Chaperone or Wicked. Um, I chose Wicked because I was, that was just, I didn't know what Jazzy Chaperone was a brand new musical at the time. Like, obviously Wicked, but then my mom surprised me by also buying us tickets to Jazzy Chaperone later on in that trip. So that was the first time I ever saw um, Sutton Foster. That was the first time I ever saw Beth Level. Um, and then Full Beth Circle, which Full is so circle. crazy. Yeah. That ended up being like the Broadway person to come and talk to us at Broadway Artists Alliance that year. Um, and so that was that trip. I think, oh, also on that trip, my mom surprised me with tickets to Color Purple, um, the original with LaShawn's. 
Um, so that was oh, that trip. stunning, so, stunning yeah. production. My God. <laughs> so when you're doing years later, the musical version of the Devil Wears Prada with Beth Level, <laughs> does your head like come off your neck for a moment and then you screw it back on? Yes. Like, it's so crazy. It's so crazy. I, I always, I like to tell the story. I think I manifested a little bit um, at that Broadway Artist Alliance camp she was signing things and I still didn't know who she was at this time, but she signed a blank piece of like paper that I had ripped out of a notebook um, and then saw the drowsy chaperone. So I knew she was, while I went home that year, I had stuck that piece of paper on my wall. Like it lived on my little poster board for years. Of course I don't have it now. Cause I was, I was like my middle school teen room, but I remember having it and just like, it was nothing but a blank piece of paper with her name on it. And so now, yeah, having done this full production, working so closely and intimately with her and seeing and like creating with her, watching her create work and seeing how she is so kind and generous and warm in the room and so funny. Oh, it was, it was, yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> That's so incredible. I mean, you talk a lot about when you say manifest, right? That is something that I feel like is a word that has become accessible to a lot more people. It's sort of part of pop culture in a mm -hmm. way. Mm -hmm. um, and in some ways, when something becomes part of pop culture, it diminishes, I feel like it diminishes its power, right? Mm -hmm. It's like trendy rather than like a religious belief in some yeah. way. So, so for you, if you're willing to share sort of how do you, what does that mean to you? And, and how do you handle because, because with your career, which is really like a glorious career, I mean, talk about taking New York by storm, like you're the, you're it, like you're Taylor Iman Jones, like it's fantastic. Um, how do you handle using manifestation for, for sort of the things you aspire to do? Yeah. How do you also handle the things that don't come your way. I always tell kids, you have to believe in yourself more than anybody else, more than anybody else. Cause you are the only one who knows how much you're capable of. And also you don't even know how much you're capable of. That's what I'm still learning. Um, I am also a big fan of talk to the universe and tell it what you want. Cause how else is it supposed to know if you don't, if you don't share. <laughs> and so, yeah, I'm, I will literally be like, okay, this is what I want. Like Six is also one that I think I <laughs> secreted my way into there because I remember being like, I would love to be in six. I was saying, I was telling all my friends, <laughs> this was way before I like I ever auditioned. I've been a fan of the show for a long time, but also believing in myself that I know it's what I'm good at. Everything like that type of dance in six is the type of dance I'm good at. The song that I get to sing this kind of in between of pop and musical theater is where my voice sits at. Though I get a nice monologue and I love being the one who gets to like tell that story in that way. And so it's it's a bold thing of like, I know I'm good at these things because I've trained at these things. <laughs> you know, I'm good at that dance because I've gone to dance classes, but I have to start believing there's no point anymore of me denying myself, my talent. Um, and I think that is true for you, no matter what skill level you're at, because the cool thing about what we do is it is trainable. It's practicable. You just have to put in, um, all the love you have for yourself and for your craft 
in order to be great at it. Um, but it's totally possible. Uh, and the other thing is it's so unpredictable um, that most of my career have been things that I never ever could have predicted or saw coming. Um, because of my background from regional and community theater, I was used to doing shows that already existed. So being someone who created new work was never really on my radar. And now it's my fa absolute favorite thing to do. Um, creating new work is so magical. That's where you really feel like uh, an artist and get to put your mark on um, brand new things that haven't existed before. So that's really cool. And so I, I try to remember both things. I can totally focus and ask for the things I want. I need to make space for the unexpected. And I need to remember that there is so much good in the unexpected. Um, yeah, because I don't want to limit myself either by being like, oh, I could never do that. Or I could never do that. Like, you don't know. You have no idea. So why not believe in everything? Why not believe in the best um, for yourself? When you mentioned that you auditioned, you know, some people would be surprised that you're still auditioning for things um, when you have the body of work that you have. That's just the business, right? Yeah. Like you can you cannot go in and say, I'm not going to audition, but you might not get considered if you kind of take that stance. Some people actually love auditioning. Um, Talk to me about your relationship to auditioning in general, and if you have any sort of great audition stories that pop in your head. Uh, yeah, um, I like. So I'm like, to be fair, I hate auditioning. Everybody hates auditioning. Like, I, I just know I want to acknowledge how hard auditioning is. It is the most nerve wracking space. It is such a vulnerable space to be in, um, even if you're like doing a lighthearted comedy. It's just. You're putting yourself, your choices um, kind of just out there for everyone to quite literally judge in a way. Um, I've worked very hard to change my mindset. So first and foremost is I need to be as prepared as possible. So if I can get the material ahead of like as far ahead of time as I can, I would like that. Um, also, I try to be completely memorized. Um, if you don't have the time to be completely memorized, don't stress about that <laughs> is, but my thing is I'd rather be as familiar as I can, um, so that I can have as much fun as I can in the room and also will be ready for them to throw anything at me. Um, if, and like no shame also in like holding whatever you need. That's not that big of a deal. I'm a, if I'm going to be a better actor with the words in my hand, then I'm going to hold the words in my hand. Cause that's what's important. They're not testing me on memorization skills for the audition. They want to see what you can do. Um, so that's my first thing is be prepared. <laughs> Secondly, is I, I really um, pep talk myself with, um, I know I'm really good at what I do. I know I've worked before. I know I'll work again. If it's not in this room, it'll be a different room. Um, and that's okay. I know what I always say before myself is, I know I'm capable of this. So that's not a question anymore. And it's not up to them to give me that permission or that validation is I know I'm great. I know I'm fun to work with. I know I'm professional. So if I'm not in this room, it's their loss, but even if it might not, it's just not the time. Um, so that's second. And then third is to have fun, even if it's drama or whatever, like we're here to do what we love. 
So if this next five minutes is an opportunity for me to do something I love, then that's what I'm going to focus on rather than trying to direct myself or do what I think they're looking for. Right. Because the reality is I have no idea what they're looking for. Secondly is they probably have no idea what they're looking for. Exactly. And the third thing is, even if they do know what they're looking for, they haven't seen me. So get ready because this is going to (laughs) be a moment for us all. (laughs) Yeah. Here's a present for you. Yeah. Me. I'm giving you a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah. You're getting to see me for free right now. Yep. So you're welcome. Enjoy it. Have you ever had the experience where you actually thought it went, in your humble opinion, terribly and got the job? Or is your barrage, like, I've been like, I bombed it and I got it. And then I was like, oh my God, I got it. And I didn't even get a call back. Like the crazy, it's so like, wow. Yes. Yes, actually. So (laughs) two, I'll tell two stories because they're quick. The first one was, so I'd already done West Side Story in the, you know, in community here in the Bay Area. Um, And we did like the original Broadway choreography. Um, That was fun here. In New York, one of my also first auditions was for another Anita in a different production, like somewhere in the country. And that was one of the hardest dance calls I've ever been to. I love to dance, but I am not like a train, 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 twirl, 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 kick, kick, kick dancer. Um, (laughs) And so, and a lot of these girls were, and to play that part, you really should be. Um, And I remember doing the dance and just like feeling so behind, feeling so like, I just, and they were making cuts. And I remember being like, please cut me please like I'm ready I started packing out my bags I was like oh get me out of my misery no, literally right I was now. like okay sorry sorry for even taking up space um as I'm literally putting my shoes away putting my jacket they call my name to stay I was like you have to be joking <laughs> you have to be joking um I that so I didn't even make that one like I did the rest of the audition didn't get a callback but I, just to make it even past that part I was like I don't understand what's happening wow um, another one that was that I did book um, was the tale of Despero um, just because that was brand new material. It was a bunch of brand new stuff, new songs, new scenes, even for the writers. Cause um, yeah. And so that was truly like coming and do however you see fit for the roles. Like how does it read on you? And so for me, when those are the types of auditions, when those are the type of auditions I'm going in for, I just try to make big, bold choices, not wacky, but just very strong in my characters. And so I knew for the little sister, I just was like spunky and grounded. And then for the princess, like I put on an accent and I was very light just to like show range and be like, I don't know what you want, but this looks like a cartoon. So that's what I'm going to do. And then I did my songs and they were like, okay, thank you. And so I left. And then 30 seconds later, the casting director came running back out like, oh, hey, hey, I'm sorry. Can you come back in and do a, a few more things? And I was like, oh, sure. I come back in and they had made a puppet out of a paper bag they had eaten lunch from <laughs> and they shaped it like a little mouse. And they're like, hey, can you play with this puppet now? We're going to give you some things. And can you just like say some of these lines and just we want to see how you would move with this. So How would like, you move with the puppet? Correct. That you just made out of a Do you and the puppet in front of me. have chemistry? Yes. 
And so then it was me like randomly, like truly like just play, like there's no other option, but just to play, just to see, like, just do something. So here I am again, they're like, okay, great. And like, it was a weird, like, it was one of the times I was like, I don't know. I literally have no idea what just happened, (laughs) Right, right. whatever. But then like a few weeks later, I got a call that I booked it. And I remember asking them, I was like, what happened? Like, how did I get, why me? And they and they said, you just were so strong in your choices. It blew us away. Like it took us out because it was just like, oh, it's you, you just did it. Like we didn't know. You showed them what they wrote, right? Like sometimes, I mean, that's the thing with new material. It's like people in a room sitting around a piano just by themselves and, uh, and then this actress comes in and sort of breathes like life into, yeah. it's not just beautiful songs. It's like creating the person. How did you make your Broadway debut? What was, what was that like? <laughs> so that was um, Groundhog Day. And it's a little bit of a funny story just because that song, that show was uh, super technical. Um, it, we had five turntables in that show. And um, we also had giant, puppet pieces in that show as well. And, you know, it was about the day repeating over and over again, but slightly different. So there was just a lot of tiny little, uh, tiny little changes, but that would affect the show in like wave in wakes, you know? Right. Um, and so in all of our previews or actually our very, very first preview, we finally made it to, we've been teching for, I think it was like six weeks of tech. We had six weeks in the studio. It was a very long rehearsal time. Um, we start the show. We get 10 minutes into the show and we have to stop the show <laughs> because our tech elements aren't working. And so we're holding, we're holding, five minutes goes by, 15 minutes goes by, 20 minutes goes by, 30 minutes goes by, finally 55 minutes go by. And we're still hold like at this point, they've released the audience to the lobbies and they've been like, you can have a free drink if you're gonna stay. And they invited us, invited the audience back and we're basically like, okay, we can't do the musical tonight, but we will give you a concert version of our entire show. So we pushed all of our like seats. We had a lot of booths and chairs and we pushed them all to the front. We were all still in full costume and we um, sung and acted through the whole entire show, just like kind of in like reading fashion. Um, but the audience must have freaked out yeah, for them it, to get to be at this unique it will never happen again yeah event yeah. I was there the night Andy hurt himself <gasps> oh my it gosh was, yes it was I mean you're watching and you don't have to know the show at all like you as a first time mm-hmm. viewer you're like oh that something bad just happened mm-hmm. and and show stop same thing as you know and when he came back out talk about the show must go on. I was like, does the show need to go on? I think this guy needs to go to a hospital, but it was like incredible to kind of see in real time. It was intense. Yeah. And so that whole run was just full of little potholes. Those sorts of things. Kept getting us caught. But in the end, we did have a successful, at least like we were able to run the show successfully. And it was such a beautiful show. Um, I got to see it once as like in a swing out. And I remember being like, oh, this is incredible. And Andy Carl is incredible. And he's so nice. It was, I was really happy that that was my first Broadway experience because he was, and he was, 
such an amazing leader for us all. Mm. What does um, that mean? People talk about number one on the call sheet or a leader, a leader of, of the company. Can yeah. you just talk about like when you, Taylor Iman Jones, are number one on the call sheet and leading the company, what's something that Andy did or others did that you're like, that's me. I'm going to bring that along with me. Yeah, I think it's like keeping... I think it's more so knowing how much power you have in that position hmm. and how the things you say and do can trickle out from you. So like with Andy, he was just always very nice, always ready, always um, willing to play on stage. Um, he was so kind. I was an understudy in that show, but I understudied the lead and he was so kind to me as an understudy. Um, and his track was hard. I mean, it was a two and a half hour musical and he was on stage the entire time. Um, yeah. And then ended up hurting himself. So I think it's more that like knowing how you operate. Cause, cause it was like, as an ensemble member being like, gosh, I'm tired. Or like, I, you know, it's, it's hard to come to work today, but then seeing him be kind every Sunday, he'd like run up the stairs of all of our dressing rooms, like playing music and just making sure to like interact with us. And it's like, like hyping cool. it, hyping everybody up. Yeah. Everyone like, ready. And, and yes. Yeah, so and you know, if you're like, I'm doing a third of the work that this guy is doing. And so, he's running and that, up to my floor with the dressing rooms. That's yes, sweet. And That's if sweet. he can be kind to the people around him, then I can continue to be kind to the people around me. And so I did feel that responsibility in Prada mm -hmm. when I was the person who was yes. on stage for the entire two and a half hour musical. Yeah. And um, it was really helpful. And I had a really beautiful cast who um, allowed me to be myself and to express where I was, but I also knew like it was important for me to express and be honest with my people. Like, hey, I'm super a little tired today. I'm a little bit more sensitive today than most. So just if you see me, like I, I'll love a hug and you know, I'm okay. But I just sound like, if you see me looking a little <laughs> out of it, <laughs> that's where I'm at today. Yeah. You know, and but also like, I'm just so happy to be here. I'm just so lucky to be here. And then we can all feel that together. And Beth also was just, just another example of that. Well, that's something when you talk about doing new work, the flip side of that is the incredible pressure that is on you. Because if you step into Mary Poppins, no one is trying to convince anyone that Mary Poppins is a show that has value and should be produced, right? Like Mary Poppins is going to come to Broadway or whatever it is. Yeah. That's the, the brand, <clears throat> pardon me, already exists. But, but how do you handle the, you know, you've been in a lot of new musicals. Obviously, that's an example of one where, like, the, the again, like where you are in terms of the power in the show and what is what is falling on you as a leader and the pressure. Like, it's the devil wears Prada. That is a yeah. name everybody knows, right? Like, so how did you handle that? I mean, it sounds like one thing is you were honest about when you felt vulnerable. Mm -hmm. right? Like just mm -hmm. being present and honest. Um, how do you, what advice would you give to someone who yeah. is in a situation like you were in the future? Um, that you are the person who's supposed to be there. Because if it was supposed to be someone else, it would be someone else. Yeah. Um, and in that moment. So 
do your best in that moment because that's all you can do. You can't think about the future because mm-hmm. you have no idea, especially right. in what we do, like in life in general, but especially in what we do, you know, shows can be pulled or pushed or whatever for any reason at any given moment. And especially coming out of COVID, like we learned that lesson the hardest way. Yeah. So that makes me even more invested in the present mm. and when I'm in that track. So like, for example, for Prada, it was a lot of responsibility, but it was a lot of responsibility doing the things I love the most. Yeah. I have a lot of scenes. I have a lot of lines, but what do I love? Acting. Yeah. I have a lot of music, but what do I love? Singing. Oh, look, yeah. I'm dancing a lot too. Okay, great. I love these things. <laughs> and so instead of being too stressed about it, just like remembering, there's a lot of like, remember to have fun, remember to have fun, but it's okay to, um, it's okay to feel the weight sometimes, um, yeah. but never think you're the wrong person, especially when you're already there. Wow. I feel like in my track that is now podcast host, every conversation I have sort of when you talk about the universe, I needed to talk to you today. Like, it's so amazing to me. Everything you are saying is so what I need to hear. And my listeners, by extension, are so lucky because they needed to hear you today, wherever they are with their AirPods in their (laughs) ears, your message is like, vibrating and and how much gratitude I have to you for that and your gorgeous work and the legacy um, that you've already created in terms of not just your beautiful artistry but your humanity and generosity of spirit so before I let you go be amazing in whatever you do next um, today can you share a little known fact about yourself on this the little known facts podcast oh yeah oh okay let's see I'm like what was it oh yeah um I love to cross stitch like like so 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 much like give me one second I'll show you what I'm wearing I want to see yeah (laughs) um yeah, I guess that's kind of unexpected. Like, it's just the thing I do when I relax from home. Like, I'm following a pattern, but like, <laughs> this is like one of my favorite things on the whole planet to it's do. It's beautiful. <laughs> Did you just get into that, like, all those hours waiting in a dressing room? Did someone in your family do it? Like, where yeah. did this passion come from? My mom, she used to do big. like big patterns like this as well and so I just growing up I copied a lot of the things my mom did if she knitted I knitted if she was doing something else I love it so that was something that I've been doing for a lot of my life but it just it's it's an easy zen brain thing and I put on something to watch and then I've got a meditation going yeah yeah yeah. Oh, beautiful. Uh, (laughs) Taylor Iman Jones thank you for being on the show today what joy Of course. Thank you so much. I had a great time chatting with you. Oh, I'm so glad. Little known fact, now you can watch hours and hours of my interviews with your favorite artists as they talk about the art they love to make on YouTube. That's right. I have a YouTube channel. It's called Little Known Facts with Alana Levine. Catchy, right? Subscribe and enjoy. Little known fact, if you want to donate to the podcast, just go to littleknownfactspodcast.com forward slash donations. Thank you so much in advance for your generosity. Have a great day. Clouds can make the wind blow. Bugs can make the grass grow. So there's a little known fact.
episode of Little Known Facts was edited by Nicholas Klar. We record in New York City. The Little Known Facts theme song was written and recorded and sung by Georgia Famusa with backup vocals by Caleb Famusa. Thank you.